Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to episode 18 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we'll be discussing one of my favorite topics, particularly when it comes to startup dynasty drafts, and that is late round flyers. Who are those players that we could target in the later rounds to build our rosters, or even target as trade candidates who may, may be cheap now and then we think will go up in value. So we'll be discussing late, late round flyers today. Uh, with me, I have Paul. Evening all. And I have Chiggs. Hey. Mo is unable to join us for this episode, unfortunately, and that's because he's actually flying across to the UK. So um, hopefully he'll be with us all on the same time zone for the next episode. So how are you doing, gents? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. You okay? Yeah, keeping well, thanks. And Chiggs? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm uh, excited uh, this week. It's uh, our rookie draft in uh, tight ends. So is, getting a bit of last minute prepping uh, where I can. <laughs> I would be yeah, excited, but I've given all my picks away. And I keep changing my mind as to who I want. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to have to see who's taken before me and uh, just take take what the heart desires at that pick. Well, I think the... Um, the Henry Ruggs thing coming out is obviously uh, getting getting injured um, could could sort of get him to fall a few places. Maybe he falls into the second round now. So, and it's a strange one because you don't often hear about punctured thighs, do you? So you don't know what the diagnosis in terms of recovery time, how it will affect potential training, that kind of thing as well. So it's a weird one, and <laughs> our rookie draft is not at a great time for that. So. Someone could end up getting a real steal with Ruggs if the injury is not bad or, you know, taking him early and then find out he's missing most of the season. Yeah, I think uh, that that one's going to impact Mo the most. So it's a shame he's not on the, on the podcast this week to uh, to give him a bit of a ribbing about it. Well, he's targeting uh, the 11th or the 12th pick if he falls, of course. And uh, you've also got your bet, right? Brian Edwards versus Henry <laughs> yes. Ruggs. So... <laughs> Really a lot that one, and it, yeah, it was the first. Thing. My my view on that bet actually was that it, he won't really get going for six weeks. Not that it'll be better. I did panic when I thought we'd done a season bet. <laughs> I actually had to go back and check the tapes on that one and then yeah. make sure You're it was right. six we, weeks. It, it was six weeks because I actually proposed it as six weeks. I think. So it makes it all worse for Mo then here, who's got the biggest yep. liability already. <laughs> I think we got odds as well, right? Uh, one, one and a half to one. That's as good as cash, sir. You did, especially if the uh, prognosis comes back that it's quite a long-term recovery. I know we've still got three months until the season, so yeah. a lot of time for things to change. Uh, so before we do start discussing our top 10, well, our 10 uh, late-round flyers, just wanted to announce that we've partnered up with the DC Presidents, who are a UK-based American football team, I know we've had Buck on a couple of times as a guest and, you know, we're going to be working with them to try and put together some content, try and do some cross promotional work and also sponsor DC or be one of the sponsors for the DC president. So very excited about that. Look forward to actually going over and watching a game uh, and spoke to Buck recently and he wants us all over to watch a game or two um, up in Durham County. So uh, very excited about what that could bring. Uh, so, yep, go check out the DC presidents on all social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Okay, so late round flyers. And again, we are basing this on May Superflex ADP or Superflex PPR ADP on DLF Dynasty. And the first player that I want to call out is, is a very controversial character and of course comes with a lot of risk, but I think comes with a lot of upside. And that is good old Antonio Brown. In ADP, what he's going at around pick 251 which is around. round 21, which is crazy considering about a year ago he would have been a top two round pick um, in Dynasty, even though he, he's 31 now. Yes, AB doesn't have a team. Yes, he's had a lot of controversial moments in the last few months in particular. He's done everything he can, you think, to jeopardize his future. And I appreciate this ADP was taken before the Dion Sanders comment. But Deion Sanders himself did say it's his aim to try and get AB back in the league. He's going to try and help him out with a lot of the challenges uh, that he has been facing. But even if that hadn't happened, I just think when you're most leagues will have nine or ten starters, you're looking at your 10th, 11th bench spot here. I think AB represents great value uh, anywhere around round 20. Chiggs, what are your thoughts on AB? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, whatever you think about his mental state, and you know, he's he's done a lot of crazy stuff um, last year. But talent-wise, you know, this guy is Hall of Famer first ballot, and he was still operating at a high level, you know, before he before he got suspended. So, if you're getting a guy who could give you that level of production, you know, obviously the age is, is coming off a bit, but still you know, the guy is so good in round 21. You, I mean, that, that's just crazy. I mean, yeah, I'll be taking him way before that, you know? Um, yeah. Cause he gives you that, that upside of a, you know, okay. Wide receiver two, maybe even a wide receiver one for the next few seasons. If, uh, if he lands in the right spot and stuff. I mean, you can go to any team and he's going to make any team better. Yeah, so, that goes where, with that. Where, you, where could you see him uh, ending up, guys? If you had, to, you had to pick three most likely teams, not best teams, but most likely to end up. Wasn't there a picture with him um, just now with the guys at the Bills? Is there a picture with a picture with Stefan? It was, yeah. That was Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Bills would be an in intriguing one because they're not necessarily a pass-first team. And they've added Diggs, of course, uh, to the ranks. But, uh, you know, as you say, he would improve any team. He's When he when he's at, on his game, he's, you know, one of the best receivers in the league. Yep. And size has never deterred him from high-level performance. It's just, yeah. The other one was, um, I think, Russell Wilson came out and was obviously singing his praises. And, you know, Seattle's a, a classic place where they've taken chances on, you know, those uh, those guys that are a little bit troubled, you know, a little bit underrated by the league. I think they picked up Josh Gordon for a bit last season after he got cut by the Patriots, right? And obviously we know all about Josh Gordon's struggles. But again, they, they'll look at the talent of the player. I mean, if Antonio Brown lands in Seattle, that's, you know, he's going back up into the, you know, say top five rounds in a dynasty startup. I mean, you could make an argument for him go higher, but some, you know, bare minimum, I'd say he goes in the top five rounds. Yeah, I think it's true. He's just too, he's just too good to leave, isn't he? And the other thing is, I think it's a great pick for, in, to, for a value flyer here. Because who else are you getting? Anyone else you're getting is just a you know backup backup. It's, they're not they're not going to be your uh, your core team at this point, right? Well, I mean this this is actually I think the next player we're going to talk about um, is going two picks after him. Who's that? Uh, uh, JJ Osaga Whiteside, and I, I like the upside there. But you know if you give me Antonio Brown or JJ, I'm taking Antonio Brown all day long. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's anyone. Uh, I should have qualified before when we're talking late round flyers, we're talking sort of round 17 onwards. And I don't think there's anybody in that range who has the potential upside of an AB because if he can get it going and get things right with whatever has been troubling him, uh, then yeah, the upside's massive. 
So Jigs alluded to it. The next player we wanted to discuss was JJ Artega Whiteside, who is going two picks later, two five three in round twenty two. So Chiggs, what is it about Artega Whiteside that you like to take a flyer on? So I know he had a, a poor rookie season, um, given that you know the majority of the Eagles receiving core are all banged up. So you would have thought he would have sort of stepped up and, and sort of shown some some promise. I, l- I like the draft capital they invested in him last year as a second round pick, went ahead of guys like DK Metcalf and stuff. Um, and he projects to be that Alshon Jeffrey replacement, you know, the big bodied, I think he's a basketball player in, in college. So just in terms of opportunity and, you know, taking that Alshon role, you know, this late as a flyer. I you know it's clear he's going as wide receiver ninety one. That's that's good value for me. You know, just the what well, the potential of what he could be. Obviously the Eagles have got um haven't got many weapons. They've obviously added um in the draft this year. They've taken Marquise Goodwin as the sort of speedster from San Fran to replace Djax. But yeah, if if Alshon continues to get injured, you know, Arcega could make that make that role. If not, you're not really losing a lot in sort of round twenty twenty two. No, I agree. Uh, I mean, I have him in our league. I'm not expecting too much this year, admittedly, while Djax and Alshon are still around, and they have hefty contracts. I can't see them being well hefty contracts with a big cap hit, so I don't see them being released this year. But I'm I'm holding, um, and in round twenty two, getting him as the twenty second player, back end of the bench. I agree. I think he represents a lot of good value and I'd take him ahead of many of the players in that range, such as Royce Freeman, Kyle Allen, um, who else we're seeing here, Chris Conley, Dalton Schultz, Djax, in fact. So yeah, I'd be taking Arthega Whiteside over a lot of those players for sure. See, I think I'd rather try to uh, take uh, Deshaun. I know it's Dynasty and I know you're not going to get but I just think sometimes you can you can trade away the, the points this year, even if there doesn't look a lot of value, like halfway through the season or something, and still get still get um, JJ anyway, and end up with the, end, end up with half a season of points, and then reverse it. And I would have agreed with you, but last season Deshaun just couldn't stay fit, and no, I know, and it's probably as, an age thing, right? Yeah, and as a thirty-three-year-old who's having trouble staying fit. I'm I'm only really looking at, you know, round 28, 27, 28 onwards to get those kinds of players, unless they just represent humongous upside. But even if Deshaun Jackson is fit, he, he's their speedster. He's the over-the-top receiver. He's not going to get you many points in PPR, I don't think. That's still going to go largely to uh, Alshon, while if he can stay fit, of course. And then Ertz Goddard maybe Jalen Rager if he can take that step. So I think I, I see your point because he's a proven commodity in the past. It's just that when he couldn't stay on the field last season, I thought, wow, this is a somebody, you know, it'd be hard for me to to take. And I'd almost rather take somebody in that round four, round five rookie pick range just to see if they can hit on the upside. See, that, that's the thing. I think they've obviously given that they picked up Marquis Goodwin as well. And I'm a big Marquise Goodwin fan. You know, just the guy's speed is, is off the chart. And I can see him being that sort of DJX replacement. So, yeah, I, 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 I can't see Jackson offering much value this season and, and going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, uh, I said he could, could get you points this year. It's just, I don't know if I want to take that risk personally. Okay, third player I wanted to talk about then was Ito Smith, who's running back at the Falcons. Um, it's going at pick 242, so just at the start of the 21st round. Now, his situation hasn't really changed too much because he had an injury-prone, all-pro running back ahead of him last year in Devonte Freeman. And this year, out goes Freeman and in comes Todd Gurley. So situation hasn't really changed, but Chiggs, what are your thoughts on Ito Smith as a late round flyer? So I, I love um, 
the value of the, you know, having the backup there in, in Atlanta. If you look at the last, say, five years and the placings, you know, like Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman have been sort of fantasy gold, right? As running backs, you know, Freeman's finished RB1, RB6, RB13. Tevin Coleman in 2018 finishes the RB18. And even last season, Devonta Freeman didn't have a good season, still finishes the RB20 in PPR, right? So you, you want some of that backfield. And obviously, Gurley's the guy they brought in. But we know he, he's got some injury con- concerns. And as you say, Ito Smith's role hasn't changed. He's been the backup there. When he's played and he's got like a decent snap count, he's put up reasonable weeks you know as a you know as a bench guy you've got him you know if you if you, if you can use him in a few weeks here and there to help your team out great but the real value is if Gurley knees sort of flare up Ito Smith basically becomes the lead back there and that that's the upside you want from a you know from a handcuff I, st- I still think it'll be a bit of a timeshare but I agree with the thought that I'd, I'd want somebody on that backfield who's backing up Gurley. Um, I think you've got Ito Smith, Brian Hill and Quadri Ollison. I'd want one of them. I think Ito represents the highest upside, particularly in PPR. But again, if I'm taking a late round flyer, I want one of those three backups because of Gurley's injury situation. And, you know, Falcons do like to to run that ball. Um, Paul, what are your thoughts on Ito? Um, I, 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 with Anywhere where Gurley is, I'd like to have some of the backup. I mean, I love Gurley, but his his health and injury really is a concern. Um, and I, I really like him as a Ito uh, as a as a flyer at this at this stage. You know, he's got a lot of lot of tread on the tire still. Yeah, I think it's his, it's his third season coming up. Obviously, I, I don't see Quadriolison offering much in terms of competition for that sort of. Backfield, you know, last season, Ito Smith um, was injured for most of the season. So it's really um, Devonta Freeman as the main guy and obviously Brian Hill for a bit as well. Ollison didn't really get a look, um, you know. So, yeah, maybe you'll see a bit of a split between Smith and Hill. But, you know, we've seen Atlanta support two running backs before, Um for fantasy purposes, obviously, you know, I'd say definitely if you take Todd Gurley, um, then you want to be trying to get Ito Smith, um, whether it's, whether it's a startup or if you need to trade for him later on to get to get the back up there. I think that would be that would be useful. Yeah, agreed. Next player was actually one of most suggestions, but we can talk about him, and that is Steve Sims at the Washington Redskins. Uh, Redskins have obviously. Got a very young team there, young quarterback in Haskins, young receivers in McLaurin, Sims, Gandy Golden as well. If he can stay fit, young running back in Darius Geis. And they added, um, was it Antonio Gibson this year? So it fits right into that mold of young talent, you know, with hunger. Steve Sims had a good season last year, and um, I, I can see why Mo is high on him. My one yeah, concern big- might be. He had a very good end of the season, actually. Weeks, uh, weeks 15, 16, 17, you know, he really came on. So, scoring sort of 15 to 20 points a week in those sort of yeah, so playoffs. He's definitely given himself a good shot at being, you know, one of the receivers who gets targets. I mean, Scary Terry is, you'd argue, there, alpha. But then behind that, there's opportunity you've got Gandy Golden Steve Sims Trey Quinn I'm not sure if he can make much of his career Kelvin Harmon again who was highly touted so I do do like the pick here as you said he ended strong that should work in his favor training camp should be quite limited so I know it's a new coaching staff and everyone has to get their you know coaches approval and get them to pick them above others but uh I can see why Mo has picked Steve Sims here and his wide receiver 86 as well. Um, I mean, just look at some of the players again in that range. I'd rather have Sims over Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Larry Fitz is 36. I don't know how many more years. Uh, Miles Boykin, I could see the argument for either there. 
I prefer Sims just because I think they're going to pass the ball more per game. I mean, Dion Lewis, you know, old backup Tyler Eifert. Uh, I'm not sure if I want any of those sorts of players, really. Uh, it's an interesting one, Valdez Scantling versus Sims. They're both in the same sort of range. Again, you can make an argument for either, but I, I like going for somebody who ended the season strongly last year and carries a bit of momentum with them. Paul, do you have any thoughts on Sims as a late-round flyer? Yeah, I quite like him as well, actually. I think he's got a decent chance of being the number two receiver there. Um and if he does make, you know, it's a, it's a nice value pick. It, I guess everyone, anyone who's young, is, 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 I think the only the negatives of taking are, um, you know, elder veterans when you you know you haven't got a lot of of time left in them. If they if they perform and do improve, and manage to secure their spot in the team, yeah, I think Sims has got got good upside. Okay, well, Mo's not here. As I said, it was his pick, but um, I, I do like that pick there. Uh, next one up is player I'm surprising is so low in ADP and that's the Mr. Gadget himself Taysom Hill, New Orleans Saints dare I say quarterback but <laughs> he's been a running back, he's been a receiver he's been a um, special teams um, blocker so all sorts but uh, no, you'd argue his primary role is quarterback uh, Chiggs what are your thoughts on Taysom? Um, I I Love the upside, you know. You're taking backup QB now. Now that Bridgewater's gone to Drew Brees, um, we know that Sean Payton absolutely loves Taysom Hill, so he's going to do anything he can to get him involved in the game. And the key you're taking him for is if Brees goes down, or you know, in, in a season or two, if Brees retires, you're hoping that Taysom Hill steps up into that that role. And he's the lead QB for the New Orleans Saints. And if I'm getting him as QB 43, that's definitely a flyer I'm willing to take. You know, over some, like Andy Dalton's going a couple of picks ahead of him. Um, I think you've got Marcus Mariota in that sort of range as well. I just don't see any of these guys being valuable. I think Jake Fromm's there as well. I just think I just think that the the spot he's in, it's it's too good a fantasy goldmine to sort of pass up on. Yeah, and you, you almost kind of wish that they gave him, like they do with a lot of IDP IDP players, like a, fl- a flex position. Yeah. So if you want to plug him in as like a running back one week, you can if you're desperate with bye weeks or something. Uh, I, I love Taysom as a player. Just love his attitude and energy. And that upside, if you can be the QB in the Saints' offense, then certainly want a piece of that. I, I wouldn't want to take him much earlier than around round 15 to 16, I'd say, just because for the next year at least, you can't see a situation where you're looking to start him unless Breeze gets injured again. But do love the player a lot. Well, and the other thing is for next year, they have taken Winston, right? That's true, but that's so, only on a one-year. Yeah, one no, 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 I, I, I yeah. get that. So I like yeah, him I'm in sorry. a dynasty yeah, situation. I that, yeah. But um, but I, I like him in a dynasty situation because I, I just really like him as a as a from what you see of as a person as well. He just seems that really nice attitude of type of guy. And when everyone seems, everyone talks highly of him. Yeah, they could, people compare him to Lamar Miller. Um, Lamar Miller, sorry, Lamar Jackson. Um, but I don't. I, I, yeah. Hopefully, Breeze isn't injured, and if he is, unfortunately, they're probably going to give it to Winston, and he probably won't get enough time playing to throw enough interceptions to um to get, get to to move on. But you know, there's a chance. I think. No, absolutely. Uh, they're going to have to make a decision next year. I mean, I think they gave him a um, first-round tender to taste yeah. him this year. That, that's it, right? I mean, that that for me shows how much they, they like him in the organisation, right? For a gadget player, I just think they've got bigger plans for him down the road. What's that mean? So I don't even know what a first-round tender is. Uh, so when, they, when they're a restricted free agent you can uh, put a tender so first round second round or original round that then corresponds with a salary for that round based on the player's position 
Fine and then another another team has the option to match that or beat that if they want to take him ultimately, or he gets that salary that's associated with the tender. So okay. Okay. they could have taken a chance and gone second round tender, but somebody else could have then had the chance to match or beat it. Yeah, okay. The first round tender, it carries high salary. I'm not sure what the salary for the year is, but still it's just shows I think they've got bigger plans for him. Well, his deal is a sixteen. He's got sixteen million guarantee in it. It says twenty million over two years, twenty-one million over two years, sixteen guaranteed. Yeah, that's no small amount for a quote-unquote backup player. Yeah. Well, third third string quarterback technically, but you know. And he'll see the field a lot, as he always yeah. does. Um, as I said, he's annoying because he'll get you points for like rush attempts and. PPR points for catches and PPR points for touchdowns. Sometimes I know you're just you're never going to want to use him as a quarterback, is it? If you, you're right, if he was designated any other position, you'd play him quite a lot. Yep, completely agree. So next mm. one, Chiggs was one of your players, which is Dawson Knox, uh, tight end, thirty-one, pick two hundred and sixteen in the eighteenth round. What is it you like about Knox that you'd be targeting him as a as a late round flyer? Um, especially the obviously tight end premium leagues, unless you're like I've talked about before, unless you get one of those sort of top two or three guys, your Kittles, Kelsey's, Mark Andrews. Personally, I'll be taking, I like taking flyers on these sort of lower tier guys. So I've talked about that sort of bunch about like Mike Kosicki, Noah Fant, those kind of, that kind of range. And Dawson Knox is being taken as the tight end 31. You know, he showed some really good stuff um, in Buffalo last year. I know they're not a, a massive pass volume team, but, you know, they, they have utilized their tight ends before. Josh Allen isn't the most accurate of throwers, so, you know, he, he's going to sometimes lean a little bit on that position as a safety blanket. And he showed enough for me in year one that, you know, hopefully, it normally takes tight ends, you know, similar to wide receivers, about three years to really sort of develop and that's, you know, I'm not taking him to necessarily be a starter this season. But he's definitely a guy I'd like to have on my bench. He can play, you know, you still add value in your team. But he's that kind of guy you're hoping develops into that sort of tight end one conversation. Yeah, the upside is it's a, it's a shame that he had the injury, of course. But um, if you can become one of... Josh Allen's favorite targets as a big bodied guy, then no harm uh, in that. I mean, I actually also like Cole Komet, who's just above him. I think as he was the Bears' first pick, I think he represents great value there. But I do like Dawson Knox. Uh, the issue I have with Komet there is so Knox, as I say, I'm looking at it as a more of a longer term play, but he's still the starter there, right? I mean, you've got um, Tyler Croft, I think as well, but I think Dawson Knox is the main guy there. Whereas in Chicago, they've still, they signed um, Jimmy Graham, right? So there's a bit of a head scratch of them taking Cole Komet as well. I think I think longer term, Komet obviously adds some value, um, adds some upside as well, but I, I'd prefer Dawson Knox. So I think he offers value this season and going forward. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's a player I do like, player I'd be targeting in those later rounds, and in particular in tight end premium. I know this ADP doesn't represent tight end premium, but in a in a tight end premium, I'd be surprised to see him go beyond like round 14, 15, where he's got the upside, he's got the opportunity to be the tight end one. And we know how many, how valuable those tight ends are, particularly in a tight end premium yeah, league. Exactly. Okay, next player I'd like to mention then is Chase Edmonds, running back at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they did, of course, sign Kenyon Drake to the um, to the tender. It's not the franchise. It's not the franchise tag. It's the uh, transition tag. Yeah, so they did they did sign Kenyon Drake on the transition tag, which keeps him there for at least a year. But David Johnson has gone and. Running back 63, I just think he represents great value. He's proven himself when he did get an opportunity to play. He fits well into that system there as well, the Cliff Kingsbury system. He can catch well. He's a good runner. I know he's going to be backing up Kenyon Drake, of course, but 
when it comes to the later rounds, one of the positions I do often look at is the running back and looking at those backups who are in a good offense. And Chase Edmonds, for me, fits that profile well. Running back 63, um, there's a lot of other running backs that are going before or even slightly after that I think I definitely want to have um, Chase Edmonds ahead of, like Latavius Murray is going at RB60. You've got Lynn Bowden. You've got Jamal Williams, which is a bit of a surprise. Even Joshua Kelly is not in the greatest situations, all going ahead of Edmonds. So, no, I, I quite like the value there. And if I'm getting him as my 18th player, so the 7th, 8th, ninth bench player, um, I'm, I'm absolutely loving that value. Paul, what are your thoughts on Chase Edmonds? I, I like a number two running back anyway. There's just such a hard position. It's so There's such a reasonable chance. I mean, not that you want it to happen, but the Drake does get injured or misses some time at some point and it's cheap it's good value right yeah um, chicks thoughts on chase yeah we, we've talked about it before but the arizona backfield you know, obviously david johnson at the start of the season was you know rv1 numbers and then um chase edmonds when he played was putting up monster numbers and then kenyon drake obviously had that crazy end of the season as well so yeah you're, you're, you're getting a piece of that backfield for the for the upside the only thing I'd say um, with Edmonds is obviously they drafted Eno Benjamin uh, this year. So I don't know if that will eat into some of Edmonds' opportunity. So that's something to just keep an eye on. But, you know, I, I like the player. I, I like the backfield. I'd love to have a piece of um, the Cardinals' backfield for sure. Um, it's just whether Edmonds is going to be that backup to um, Drake or... Is he going to sort of split it with Benjamin? Yeah, and the, re- <clears throat> the reason I like um, like him a lot here, Edmonds, is that Benjamin wasn't taken until the seventh round. So they don't have high draft capital in him. He's already going to have a limited or restricted training camp to try and prove his worth. Mm-hmm. So he, he might be seen as being dispensable there in that team. So while I do like the talent and I was surprised that he fell so late there must be something that a lot of teams saw that put him off so i'm not entirely sure how much of a role Eno's is going to have but i i see the point you're making as i do like Eno as a player but when he fell to the seventh i thought okay that changes completely where he goes in rookie drafts for me where initially would have been back end of the second early third now yeah. i think he falls into the you know early to mid fourth and even then, if people pass on him there, I can see why, because he could be seen as a, a dispensable player, maybe yeah. even up on the practice squad. Okay, next player I then wanted to discuss was James Washington, wide receiver at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know we touched on this last episode, or the episode before when we were discussing Juju, but I thought James Washington, considering the Steelers had one of the worst QB situations last year, did perform well. He showed up well playing with, was it uh, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges? You know, it's a terrible quarterback play. He came in with high draft capital a couple of years ago. Didn't quite do it in the first season and a lot of last season, but I just thought he ended the season well. And with Juju potentially being, with this being his last year at the Steelers as well, I like having the upside of James Washington. And as you see here, he's going in the middle of the 17th round. Again, this is where you're filling bent spots. You're looking for upside players. You're looking for players who could have that starting role or be one injury away potentially from a massive role. So for me, I'm a fan of James Washington. He's still young, particularly for a receiver. He's only 24. And I said that situation could look a lot different in a year's time if Juju does end up leaving and they don't want to give him the big money as the Steelers are quite often seen to do. But uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on James Washington? I like Washington. I'm not too fussed about draft capital really ever. Um, I think teams are very quick to, to realize when they've made a mistake and kind of cut their losses, so to speak. But um, yeah, he, he looks like a talented for even more what we've seen so far, who's a talented player. He hasn't had a lot of opportunity, really. 
No, I agree. James. So the thing for me is I like the, the relative value between James Washington here in the 17th and I think Deontay Johnson is going in round 11. You know, I just, I just think out of the two, I'd be taking Washington in round 17 just because, you know, as you say, he's, he's shown some good stuff. It's still a bit up in the air who's going to be the sort of number two. Um, obviously, Big Ben's coming back, so, you know, will that change things in terms of his chemistry? You know, who will he prefer? They've obviously drafted... Um, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, yeah, you know, so... There's mouths to feed there, but if, as you say, the opportunity, if Washington can make that, and as you say, with Juju potentially going, yeah, the, the opportunity's there, and I, I like the value relative to where, you know, where Johnson, where yeah, Deontay Johnson's going, so yeah. Yeah, and they also added Eric, also added Eric Ebron as well, um, who's a pass-catching tight end, uh, May, not, not known as the big... You know the greatest blocker, so may eat into a little bit of that time. But I'm almost looking a year ahead and planning for what that looks like. When I, I think Juju's going, I'm not not sure that they're going to really offer him the money there. The thing is, the the Steelers are very good at doing this, right? They 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 hit on a lot of later round receiver talent. I mean, even Antonio Brown, I think, was a sixth round, and they took Sanders before him in that draft and. Obviously, they moved on from him, and we saw what happened to Antonio Brown. But they they seem to have a knack of unearthing, you know, good second, third round receivers, and Washington sort of fits into that, as you say. So yeah, yeah, not just unearthing, but I think just as importantly, uh, or even more importantly, is developing and nurturing them into high quality players as well. And the, I, I do like the coaching staff there a lot. I think of Mike yeah. Tomlin really highly. Um, yeah, he's had to deal with some <laughs> some erratic characters over the past few years, and he's dealt with it, you know, aplomb with high aplomb. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Washington for all of those reasons. Yeah, definitely one of my favourite coaches in the league for sure. Mm, couldn't couldn't agree more. Okay, next up, Paul was one of your players you've outlined. So, John Ross, wide receiver, seventy-two, going at pick 194 in the 17th round. What is it about John Ross that you like that you'd want to take a flyer on, Paul? He's he's just been injured a lot since he started, right? He's only played 20-odd games, I think. Um, but he's fast and he's talented. Did he run a 4 or something in the 40? Uh, he's now got a new quarterback who I'm, you know, we're expecting some... Um, some big things out of. Um, and I think he's just dropped so much fundamentally on the back of injury. I think he's got a lot of upside if he can perform to his his talent and his uh, physical ability. Yeah, and what, what I like about John Ross as a flyer is almost the fact that the coaching staff and front office decided not to take his fifth-year option. Uh, so I, I know a lot of that comes with the draft capital and that would have meant you know, over nine million in salary yeah. if they took the option. But I, th I think that could stoke a little fire in his belly and have that sort of. This is a contract year now for him, so he's going to have to prove himself either to the Bengals uh, management and front office or to other th the other thirty-one teams in the league where he's going to look to try and get a future in the NFL. So I agree. I mean, it's a really big year for John Ross. He has to try and stay fit, of course. Um, you know, not really had those years of production. But then when he did, when he was fit, he surprisingly for a small-bodied, quick speedster, he caught a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. He ended up being a bit of a red zone target for Andy Dalton there. So I, I do like him as a flyer, not not least because he's still young and he's super quick. And there's always a role for those speedsters in an offense. But... Even if the Bengals decide to move on from him and think, you know, we don't want you, he, he could land somewhere else and get a opportunity as as that speedster, which you know teams always look for. I mean, the Broncos showed this year invested a second round pick in KJ Hamler, even though he doesn't have the highest pedigree from college, he has a lot of speed, and speed kills often in the NFL. I'd like to see him in Seattle. 
be interesting, particularly with the pace of Metcalf as well. Yeah. So the yeah. thing is, they um, they declined the fifth year option on him, right? So ne- he's a free agent next year. Mm. What are your thoughts on John Ross Jiggs? He, yeah, for me, he's that potential sort of big play, but I, I just don't think he's delivered on you know where I think he was drafted ninth overall or something. I think that was a reach. Obviously, he was quick. You know, his, his combine. Um, speed, but don't think he had a great college career. I'm just not sure he's ever going to really be the guy. So you, yeah, you might get him knocking around at a few teams, but personally, I'll probably be looking at other guys in this range for the um, that could you know develop into being a wide receiver one or wide receiver two that can contribute. I, I could just never trust John Ross to be that guy. And obviously you've got the injury concerns as well. So, mm. yeah. I mean, when he, so when he has played, he, you know, and he's performed, he's thrown up some massive games. I think the opening game of last season, he had two touchdowns and 150 odd yards on Seattle. So he can do it, but I just don't think he's consistent enough to, for me to warrant, um, you know, round 17. I'm not probably if he was there in round 17, I think there's a few other guys that probably take over him. I, th- I just think as wide receiver 72. Uh, is that where he was, 72? Yeah, yeah, 72. Wide receiver 72. When you pick him on his top games and see where he's finished, if he could be consistent, he's astonishingly good. You're right, though. He never, he's never been consistent. But that's why you're getting him at 72, not um, you know, not, yeah. to- not top, top 20 or yeah, even higher than that. The trouble you've got right this year is AJ Green should be back and healthy. You've got T Higgins, they took in the second round. Tyler Boyd's obviously a very good wide receiver too. New quarterback. I don't see opportunity for John Ross, especially if they're moving on from him next year anyway. Yep. And then you obviously then it's just a crapshoot as to where he lands or does he land anywhere. Whereas, you know, you've got wide receiver seventy three, we just talked about him, James Washington. Uh, wide receiver 74 Van Jefferson in the Rams who I really like and I would love to take him over John Ross because given their cap issues and stuff I can see Van Jefferson potentially having a really nice role there in in LA in a couple of seasons Um, you know so yeah John Ross yeah I, I, I still think it's probably a little bit high for him personally Feels about right. I do like the upside uh, that he carries, and it'd be one of these if I've gone wide wide receiver heavy today, and I know I've got trusty weapons ahead of him. I wouldn't mind having him as a flyer because he could develop into uh, at least a touchdown uh, machine in the right offense. But uh, I can see why you like him, Paul. And then the we'll move on to our tenth and last player before we have a few honorable mentions. So another player, Paul, that you outlined, which is Carl Rudolph, uh, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. What is it you like about Rudolph that you'd want to take him in sort of round 17, 18? Uh, Rudolph's later than that, though. He was, uh, oh, apologies, he is in, he is in 17, sorry. Um, I thought it was slightly later than that. Um, I just think he's come off a really bad year. And I think he's, his ADP's dropped because he's getting on. And he's and he's really really um, underperformed last year, so I think he feels cheap if he can bounce back a little bit. Now at thirty, is he going to? The team thinks so. They've just given him a four-year contract for forty million dollars, right? So they've got some faith in him. They're they're paying him like he's their um, their their um, starting tight end. It does worry me with their um, who do they pick in the draft? Smith. Uh, Smith, yeah. Yeah. So. It does worry me on that. I don't quite see why they've just given him the extension if they don't intend to be keeping him. I know, I know, we can be cutting him, but um, you know, I, I still, I still like his um his talent and his his potential after such a sort of dismal season. I agree. I mean, as a tight end, it is one of the positions that takes a lot of uh, of a beating, so to say, from the defensive linemen. But at thirty. 
I still think there's a couple of years of production there. Uh, and there's the tight end, what is it, 27? I don't hate it, personally. Um, I'd probably look to take him around there. I mean, you've got CJ Uzoma, Jay Sternberger, who are going ahead of him. I'm not sure I'd want to take Uzoma ahead of, ahead of him. And then just after, you've got Gerald Everett as well. You've got Chris Herndon. Think if, if, if the team hadn't just just uh, made the moves they had, I'd be more inclined to go. He's done, and they're moving on, particularly with their draft. But I, you know, they, they seem to have some sort of confidence in him still. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think they really like him there. Um, and you know, you say that last season he still finished as the tight end fourteen. Um, you know, there was a bit of a drop off from Olsen so that that next sort of tier down it's all very close but you know if you're getting him in round 17 um obviously tight end premium probably pushes him up a bit but yeah like the tight end 27 and he's giving you high end tight end two numbers that that that's good value and as you say the, the, the team like him they've lost digs so you know it's going to take Justin Jefferson a little while to get used to the, the playbook and stuff so, Carl Rudolph could actually be the number two pass. I know it's not a pass-heavy team, but, you know, he's obviously always offers that red zone threat as well. So, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's good value there. Kirk Cousins does like to throw to the tight end in the um, in the red zone as well, so I do like the opportunity. See, tight end 14 is very good, considering you're getting him at 27 here. So that was our 10 players. There's just a few honourable mentions I wanted to discuss who could have dis- could have bought up. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, so just going at the very last pick of the 16th. Um, I mean, he's still got a big contract, so he'll have at least this year at the Eagles, and he's proven himself to be quite a good receiver when he can stay fit. It's a big if there, of course. Uh, Naheem Hines, we touched on um, as a group. You know, he's only 23, um, could be that third down back in Indy while Mack and Jonathan Taylor are fighting out for those carries. Also, Eric Ebron, we mentioned, he's just gone to the Steelers. Tight end 33, so a player that could have, is not known to be a very good blocker there, uh, so could have opportunity as a pass catcher. And finally, just uh, Raquel Armstead, who's going as the running back 71, but is... At the moment, I think the backup to Leonard Fournette and team have declined the option on Fournette, so could have good opportunity there. I don't think it, Armstead's going to be falling that late in many leagues that I play in. Uh, I'd probably look to take him around 15-16 personally, just because of the upside he carries, and he's only had one season in the league so far. So there's one other guy actually um, just seen on there as well that we ever mentioned. Um... Wide receiver 82, he's going around 19. Is Alan Lazard of the Packers? What do you think of him, you know, given that Green Bay didn't go out and add any wide receiver depth for Aaron Rodgers? So, you really, behind Devontae Adams, you've got Devin Funches, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, and Lazard, right? So, I think the opportunity is there for him to potentially you know get some production yeah it's a good shout and i know um we've got some fans of lazard in in our league but you know anyone who can be the wide receiver too carries value there and at the moment i think i fancy lazard over uh what is his name valdez gantling so rogers seemed to trust him which is very big when it comes to being the receiver at uh, at Green Bay. So another honourable mention. I do agree with Lazard. I mean, he's going round 19 towards the middle of the round there. I think I'd be taking him a bit earlier. I think I'd be taking him about round 16, 17. See, for me, he's but... he's one of those guys that I would take above John Ross. You know, we, when we were talking about that, I think, you know, I think, I think the upside, I know Alan Lazard's like an undrafted uh, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't. A, obviously, doesn't carry the same draft pedigree as John Ross, but I think his opportunity there. You know, I, I'd I'd gamble on that personally. But okay, well, that was episode eighteen. Uh, 
next we've got a very exciting episode coming we'll be breaking down our rookie draft in the league of record that all four of us are in so we'll be talking through the picks how it fits the team needs who drafted them what our thoughts were whether they were picked at the right spot too soon too early whether a team we think missed out on an opportunity to get somebody else that fits their needs uh, and I know it's specific to our league, but I think it will help a lot of players who still have those rookie drafts upcoming and the mindset and the thought you need to put into those players when you're tackling those rookie drafts. So I again, think what would really help our listeners is if you gave us um, a little hint as to who you're looking to take in pick four, pick six and pick eight. It'd help our listeners, would it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I would argue it would help our listeners if you were to outline who you want at pick three and pick nine. That is, that is true. <laughs> well, the team will reveal it next week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The excitement is at an all-time high now. Got a day and a half to go. So um, I literally cannot wait. This has been so many months in the making. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to breaking it. To get these picks. Pardon? You did a lot of trading as well to get these picks to I did. You know, load up on this class. This is the fulfillment of my strategy. It was the plan all along to go big on this class. So, yeah, six picks in the first two rounds. I'm uh, excited about that. So um, if you have any questions, please feel free to get in touch on all of our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us at fumblerecoverypod at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, and we may even discuss your question live on air. But for now, uh, me signing off, Paul. Keep safe, Paul. And Chiggs. See you guys and good luck in the drafts coming up. Thank you. You too. Just don't take anyone I want and we'll be <laughs> friends, for, friends for a long time. Take care, lads. See you guys.